podcast, uh, Pastor's Cut podcast for October 9th, 2022. I'm here in the studio with Marissa Carter, and we have exiled Dave over to the soundboard. I know, it's so sad. <laughs> I'm looking through a glass window at y'all, but I'm not in the room right now. I know. So I like this set up a lot better. <laughs> Dave is a distant figure there. Uh, so, but hey, you well, can still hear my voice. Uh, <laughs> hey, and so uh, recently, and we'll get into the podcast here in just a minute, but Dave and I took a trip together to Alabama. Um, my wife texted me. We were gone two days. She said, is Dave uh, an exciting introvert even early in the morning? The answer to that extrovert. is... what I say? Introvert, but... <sighs> yeah. No, he's, he's never an introvert. <laughs> he's an excited extrovert even first thing in the morning. You know, my theory is that Dave is secretly an introvert, and he's just like really powering through. He, he is. <laughs> you know, oh, when okay. He hits, Interesting theory. When he hits 60, he'll just collapse. He'll just fall yeah. out. <laughs> the longest nap. Yeah. Well, welcome to the Pastor's Cut podcast. We're going to be in Romans 8 today. We're covering the, the teaching for October 9th. Uh, one announcement I want to make is this next Sunday, we're going to begin a um, memorization of Scripture, and we've been doing this off and on the last couple of months uh, of memorizing Scripture in line with the message, but now we're pulling our children's ministry in, and we're starting a a little spotlight that we'll call Hidden in My Heart. So every week you're going to see a verse of Scripture in the announcement sheet. If you want to get on the app, you can access the weekly announcements, and you'll see it there as well. But these are verses that our children will be memorizing, and how good it would it be if parents and children both memorize the same scripture together? Yes. So, so for both of you, uh, what's what's one verse that you memorized years ago that always sticks with you? What's what's one that you have just on on ready availability? Yeah, it just happens to be Joshua one nine, which is our first verse for our family memorization uh, study. So, uh, be strong, courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. The Lord your God is with you wherever you go. That's kind of been, I think it's common for families to have that as their kind of guiding verse, and that same verse was ours as well. That's it. And if your kids are memorizing it, you're memorizing it, you can quote it to each other. Um, mm-hmm. Dave, what about for you? So Matthew 6.33 was memorized early when I was a kid, and um, I tried to pass that on to my children as well. Just the idea, seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, and... God will walk with you and be with you. He'll add all those things to you after you reprioritize things to put God first. There you go. For me, it's always been, and I, I had a youth minister who was real big in Scripture memory during my formative years. And so, uh, you know, he gave us challenges to memorize Scripture, and I'm so thankful for that because I've, I don't even try to remember these verses anymore, and they just pop in my mm-hmm. head. Uh, and that's often the virtue of how we remember things so well when we're young. But in Isaiah 41.10, I do not fear for I'm with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. It's always mm-hmm. been a good source of comfort. So so parents, uh, kids, I hope you take advantage of that. Second thing I want to do before we jump into the text, I feel like our podcast needs um, needs another segment to it. We need to add something <laughs> to it. I just don't know what that is. So if you're listening to this and you listen to good podcasts out there, you know it could be a 
question of the week, trivia of the week. We need something at the end of the podcast, kind of a, not a listener's mail. I don't want to get into that, but just something fun and different for this podcast, a special segment, if you will, Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. we would do every week. I have (laughs) no idea what that is. Marissa, you listen to a lot of podcasts. I mean, do you have any just top of your head ideas? Um, No, we already do our our pithy uh, Mm -hmm. small talk at the beginning. So... uh, I, I, I like that. It's our chance. It's our chance to catch up during yeah, the week. Yeah, yeah. I mean, do we do like a word instead of a word from a sponsor? Do we do a word from a ministry highlighted each week? We we could do that. Um, that sucks that, the fun right out of it. I yeah. know it feels all of a sudden. It feels like we're, we're advertising. Yeah, one of my favorite segments from one of my favorite podcasts is Overheards, where you just uh, say something you overheard. Oh. That's kind of absurd or funny out of context over the week, but we could get in trouble with that. I don't know if uh, we want to do ministry overheards. I, we could do a, a segment on the most ridiculous thing we've heard a church member say this week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Maybe we'll just call on Grant for that. Like uh, kind of a kids say the darnest yes, thing. Yes, kids. Kinda, thing, yeah. It's uh, safer that way. Like, that could be fun. But the adults yeah. say the darndest things as oh, well. Oh, <laughs> they say some things. All right. I say the darndest. Things. We all do. We all do. We all do. Yeah. This is true. Talk about saying the darndest things. Um, Romans chapter 8. That was an awkward beautiful segue. segue. No, no, we can make it. The groanings, the groanings. Thank God for the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. So uh, right now I am working through a course with N.T. Wright on Romans. I'm not ashamed to say. Personally. (laughs) And I'm not ashamed to say that I'm as lost as a goose. Uh, (laughs) Romans is a very dense um, book of Scripture. Paul is at his theological height. Uh, he is an absolutely brilliant writer and a brilliant thinker, and for a slow mind like mine, it's hard to keep up at times. So I'm I'm deep into Romans, um, potentially for a teaching series next year, but I'm going to need to find my way through. But if there's one chapter that I hold on to that is clear in its beauty and its presentation is Romans chapter 8. And as we talk about prayer, this is going to be one of the most mystical teachings on prayer uh, that, that I'll do in this whole series. So let me read the passage of Scripture, and then I'm going to ask Dave and Marissa just to, to chime in a little bit, and there's some things I want to talk about. But this is Romans 8, starting in verse 22. Actually, we probably should start back up at verse 18, but just for, for time and context. Verse 22. We know that the whole creation has been groaning, as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves... Who, are the, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, grown inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved, but hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We don't know what we ought to pray for. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. By the way, for those keeping track at home, that's the third time Paul uses the word groans in this passage. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. So open question to Dave and Marissa. What does this passage teach us about prayer? Uh, what is it? What does it teach us? Well, maybe we should back up here. What does this? What does this teach us first about the world in which we live? Mm. Dave in the booth. So <laughs> you know, want to take it? You want me to take so it? I'm happy to take <laughs> it. These so, are easy questions. I know. So, I mean, 
Paul literally is saying that the creation around us is is yearning for for Jesus, yearning for the full consummation of God's kingdom. And so just as it's groaning, our spirit itself is also groaning for for God to be to fully rule, to fully reign, to fully establish that in our own lives, in our own hearts, in our own spirit. And and there's a little bit of tension between the now and, and the not yet of, mm-hmm. of those realities. Yeah, I'm just so impressed with Paul that he is able to relate the way a Christian feels to that of uh, being pregnant. I mean, he was a single man, um, famously so. He didn't have firsthand knowledge of pregnancy. Um, and that just, man, it really feels like proof of the Holy Spirit's guidance in this passage, yeah. that this is the language that God gave him to describe all of creation's expectant hope for the second coming of Christ, because I don't know if he would have come up with that on his own. Um, men understand pregnancy in a way. Um, it, it, that might be the mystery that you were talking about before. <laughs> That's right. But not in the fullness that women do. You know, you have the anticipation, you have the love, you have the hope, and you have the fears that the woman does. But the already but not yet of the kingdom of God is so perfectly a description of the sensation that a woman has when she's pregnant. She's already a mother, but not yet. She's already in love with her baby, but not yet in the fullness of knowing that and having seen um, the baby before. And there's just something about the tension of um, the beauty of pregnancy and the, you know, the glowing aspects of pregnancy <laughs> and just the complete and utter misery of it. Um, you enjoy it and you enjoy having life and light inside of you and that mystery of being part of a miracle, but also you just want it over. Um, so there's this tension. And I think that is so similar to how we feel as Christians. We feel the beauty and the joy and the hope of this life and God's working in it, the already of the kingdom of God, and that we have this trajectory that we're headed towards a much better uh, a glorification. You know, we're headed towards this beautiful reunion with God. Um, when we, uh, you know, you, you long to hold your baby in your arms. And I think for Christians, we long to hold Jesus in our arms. So there's this really... It, it, it's a beautiful metaphor, and I'm just really impressed with Paul. <laughs> I, I am too. Now, I'm going to risk being offensive here. And oh, and you that, never do that. No, of course oh, not. Oh, never. <laughs> so, so on a pain scale, uh, the only thing comparable that men can experience to childbirth, according to true pain scales, is when a man passes a kidney stone. Okay, mm-hmm. and I'm not being crass or coarse here. I'm saying they are equivalent on a pain scale, but they're completely different because the woman's pain in childbirth produces a baby. Yes, yeah. The man's pain in passing a kidney stone is <laughs> a stone, right? Yeah. And, and you never mm-hmm. see a guy go, man, look look at this stone, you know? In pastoral care, sometimes we do. You know, I've, yes, <laughs> I have seen other people's trophies, but the difference oh between my. those pains is what you produce. Yeah. And I, what Paul is doing here, he doesn't say we in, creation is groaning like it's passing a kidney stone. This is painful, but it's producing something beautiful right. all at the same time. So groaning as in childbirth. Did I ruin that? No, metaphor? that's perfect. Yeah. Groaning definitely isn't a foreign sound to us. And you mentioned <laughs> that like four different times or three is it that he, that he mentions groaning three in this in passage. My count. Yeah. So we groan when we're ill. We groan when we're passing a kidney stone. <laughs> we yeah. groan when we're injured, when we're dying. But, I think but, about the, the mummy that had the voice box that, <laughs> you remember that when they were able to reproduce the mummy's voice box and everybody was really excited. I don't know what kind of profound wisdom they expected to come from this mummy, but it was just 
ugh, this groan. So it's such a universal thing. But what Paul's talking about here isn't that kind of groaning. Groaning. It's it's groaning in pain, gift wrapped in hope. So yeah. So so this tells us that our world is broken. It's painful, but it's it's producing something good. So the second mention of groaning is as children of God, we are groaning in anticipation, in anticipation of us being fully adopted. And, and you know, there's that image of birth again, except it's not a, uh, you know, it's not a biological, you know, picture. It's more of a legal picture here, adoption of the sonship, that we groan uh, in eager anticipation. So what does this say about our attitude as followers of Jesus in a groaning world if we are groaning ourselves? That is a great question. So, yes, so I, mean, <laughs> I have no answers. I'm just, but it says we groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for our mm-hmm. adoption to sonship, the redemption maybe, of our bodies. Maybe just as we, as the, the pain that the, is the root of the groaning or, or the ultimate cause of the groaning produces new birth, the, even the groaning itself, it's anticipating something good as opposed to the groaning that the worldly produces that's simply just talking for the sake of talking. It makes me think about, like, people who end, um, you know, there's a lot in the world to be concerned about and a lot to be, um, uh, a lot that touches our heart because of the brokenness that exists and the distance that not only those who um, don't know God feel, but the distance that we feel from God. And there is a very Southern, and maybe it's a generational thing, of, of saying, you know, come Lord Jesus, or Jesus, come quickly. <laughs> um, and there, that's something kind of uneasy about that to me. Um, and uh, some people might think that, you know, something to be criticized. But there's so much here in creation to love. And I think that when we say, come Lord Jesus, there's this secondary um, idea that we want an end to this. Um, there isn't a mother who has carried a baby who hasn't said, I want this to be over. I want to have that fulfillment of a child in my arms, but I also really want that child to be healthy. And I really want time to be fulfilled. Um, so whenever somebody prays something like, come Lord Jesus, I'm like, oh man, but Lord, let this life continue to develop and blossom and grow until your time has come. Um, Creation takes patience, and I will be patient. Uh, we shouldn't try to rush this <laughs> yeah. or separate ourselves from the rest of creation so that we become desensitized to the, its beauty and, and God's image in all people. You know, we shouldn't be, we should be careful with the ways that we hope for the future. Agreed. So there, there's these two groanings here, and, and I'm going to interpret them. I, I will actually groan into the microphone here in just a moment, <laughs> not, not in a creepy way. Good. Yeah, yeah, well, I'll try. Uh, but you think about creation groaning, and it's this, if you've ever been in pain, it's the, ugh, you know, it's the endurance, right? But the eager anticipation of us being children, the, 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 when I think of eager anticipation, I think of when you're really hungry and the food is being put on the table and you, you groan with a, mmm, you know, you can't, <laughs> you can't wait to experience it. So here we have the, the, uh, the pain but also the pleasure in the middle of all this. And that's where prayer often meets, that we have an imperfect, painful world, 
But there's all these promises that are ahead of us, all the goodness. Uh, For us as followers of Jesus, the story will always end well. So it's in the in-between time that we struggle with. And here's what Paul says. This is about that that in-between, between between the, the pain of the present and the promises of the future. I'm really not trying to alliterate, but that's just... That's just what came out, right? (laughs) In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We don't know what to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with wordless groans. So we have a couple of obstacles when it comes to prayer. Uh, We are often weak. We are overwhelmed by what we see happening around us. Uh, We don't know what we ought to pray for. We don't understand what's happening around us. But in the middle of this painful groaning, and the groanings of anticipation, of eager anticipation, it seems that God, too, groans. The Spirit groans with us as a part of our prayer lives. Mm-hmm. So what does that mean? What does that teach us about prayer? How do we, how do we apply that? What, what, what difference does that make? I re- oh, go ahead. <laughs> oh, I was just going to say, so the, the Greek is kind of interesting there. Paul uh, intentionally Dave uses a word. Dave's not a Greek word. word. That's surprising. Uh, no, who would have thought <laughs> so that? Surprising. Um, the the word that is used there in, in verse 26, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, is the same word that's used in in Luke when Luke has Mary and Martha together going to Jesus, and and Mary's just sitting at Jesus' feet, and Martha says, "Why can't why can't Mary come and help me?" The Holy Spirit is there and and walks with us in the midst of our groaning. He helps us in the midst of that, to walk alongside of us and, and to point us towards the better future. So, so there's this, this sense of the Holy Spirit that's intentionally walking with us through it and carrying us through and even praying in ways that we don't necessarily have words to describe, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I like that Spirit helps us in our weakness, and I think we can misread that to think when we're weak, the Spirit will be our strength or the Spirit will help us, but we are always weak. You betcha. That is Mm -hmm. the human condition, weakness and uncertainty and fragility. Uh, So what I learned from the first few words of this verse is that the Spirit is our constant companion, that He's never not interceding for us in our weakness. God hears our prayers as He describes the sounds of creation, that, that groaning as symphony of pain and joy, and we just do not have the ability to express the tension of wanting to be here, wanting to be him, uh, with him rather, um, this desire for righteousness, but a d- plea for grace, all of these things all together. But we can count on the Holy Spirit to be our voice, to be our advocate. And that's what an advocate does, right? It's it's uh, an Literally advocate says, to speak on right. mm-hmm. hey, this person may not be communicating their case well, they're a bit <laughs> of a mess, but I know their heart, so I'll also be their voice. So, so when I teach this on Sunday morning, and we're going back to that image of, of children again, but I think we all as parents know we've learned the cries of our child. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not just, you know, when, when my, I'll take Caleb, my middle son, you know, when he was little, I could distinguish a cry of hunger from a cry of anger. I just, I knew, right? Um, and I don't know how I knew, but I just knew. So when, when we cry out to God in some ways that we can't articulate um, are exactly what we're feeling, God gets it. God understands. And here's, here's kind of where this ties into the practical application of prayer. The saints from the past have said there are really three different levels of prayer. And I agree with their assessment here. There's prayer of the lips. I mean, we're, we're praying for what we see around us. We articulate it. We say it out loud. Uh, 
Sometimes prayer goes a little deeper. God, there's some very secret thoughts I need to reveal to you, and it's prayer of the mind. So we don't have to open our lips necessarily, but we're opening our mind to the Lord. On a deeper level, though, there's prayer of the lips, prayer of the mind, then there's prayer of the heart. And there's some emotions and feelings and sensations we have that we don't understand fully what we're feeling. We don't know how to put it into words. But God gets it. We open our hearts to Him and allow Him to see the deepest parts of ourselves that we can't even fully articulate. That's why prayer, in its essence, is a mystery. Hmm. And it's good to know that even when we can't put things into words, we can open our heart before God and He understands, just as a good parent will understand the cry of their child. Hmm. Thanks be to God for His good understanding. Amen. Amen. What else do y'all have as we uh, kind of wrap this up? It's a, it's a trio of groanings here um, <laughs> in, in Romans 8. I, I love how the passage sounds very similar to what, what Paul's talking about in Romans 7, except this one is hope-filled. Romans 7 is you know, a place where Paul talks about the tension within his own soul, that he sees that he doesn't do what he knows he should do, and so he's, he's groaning back and forth with that reality. Now it's almost like he answers that question by saying, yeah, but there's the Holy Spirit who's at work in us, who in the midst of our groaning, he's partnering with us to point us towards the perfection that God is ultimately drawing us towards when the, the fullness of the kingdom of God is made reality in ourselves. When we pray, we don't pray alone. We have him with us. Mm-hmm. Marissa, what else you got? You got anything? Sure. Um, I know that Romans 8 has been a source of anxiety in the, for the Reformed tradition, for the charismatic tradition, but that was, not for, uh, that was not Paul's purpose for this. It was supposed to be a comfort. It was supposed to be a reassurance. And, um, and you know, Dave, you could probably speak to this better than I could, but when I speak to charismatic friends who um, were, um, when they were coming of age in the church, in specific churches, not all over, they felt like they were expected to experience the Holy Spirit in a certain way and expected mm-hmm. to pray in a certain way. And if that did not come naturally to them, um, then there was anxiety of maybe the Holy Spirit isn't with me. Maybe I don't um, have a proper understanding of my faith. But these verses aren't supposed to give us anxiety about the way that we pray. Um, just like what you're saying, the Father knows the voice of their children, of, their, of his children, um, these are supposed to be a comfort that whenever we direct our hearts towards God, he hears us and we can't mess up because we have the Holy Spirit. We can't say it wrong. It's an assurance that we're not alone, that our prayers aren't for those around us, but for God alone. Um, when Jesus teaches on prayer, you know, we talked about this a few weeks ago. The very first thing he teaches us is that God is our father, that we're already his and there's no wrong way to communicate with our father and we haven't really, you know, we haven't touched on the predestination aspects of this passage or, oh, music is playing. I guess, I guess but. we're done. <laughs> we'll wait, we'll wait till Dave cuts the music off. There we go. <laughs> nice, nice. So, is it, let's not edit that out because. We'll just it, leave that because that it's just, just fun. Well, well, it's weird. It's probably only in our headphones. Like no one else will be able to hear that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just felt like we were on an award show and we're. I know. know. It's like one more minute. One more. I've got a lot of things <laughs> of people to talk to. Thank the academy. <laughs> a lot of people to thank. My spouse, my children. <laughs> I've worked so hard. Here's the music is going to play you off. And the reform yeah, tradition yeah. people. And, and, and maybe it was God's will to play me out. But in these words, too. 
Paul means them for comfort and not anxiety. Um, just saying that, you know, through this whole passage, I hear the Spirit whispering that you're not alone and that God won't abandon you. Um, not really sure where else I was going with that, but I'm sure yeah, it was hey, good. That, well, it was it was a great it was a great thought before before we got derailed by by the music. Yeah. Here's here's my last thing that I'll offer, um, and that is I've often encouraged people. Groans here can also be interpreted as sighs, and uh, you know even as you listen to this podcast, you're driving in your car, washing the dishes, whatever. You can take all the the emotions, the sensations that's going on in your heart and your life right now. And just open it up to God and sigh and say, God, you, would you just hear the deepest part of my heart? And I think sighs are pretty good prayers. Sometimes they're sighs of relief. Sometimes they're sighs of exasperation. <laughs> uh, but, but God can interpret those as, as a good parent can interpret the cries of their child. So... Um, so that's Romans chapter 8, and there's a whole lot more here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, I want to give the challenge that uh, if there's a little outro segment that we could do with this podcast, somebody just email Dave McPherson um, or me or Marissa, uh, but probably Dave will have a better chance of reading the email than I will because I just delete a lot of emails when I get them. Hateful. Oh, yeah, just, look at that. Just get rid of them. <laughs> okay. No, so like what I'm thinking of is, so I love words. I know I love words. So uh, maybe we have a, a word of the week. Like my word of the week is cohort. We heard that last week. Mm-hmm. Dave and I were at a mm-hmm. conference. Yeah, yeah. And somebody said, why do you call it a cohort? So I actually looked up what the word cohort means. Co means together, right? Hort. And first I thought it was, you know, sometimes you exhort somebody. But that's, Ooh, I hope this is going where I hope it's it, going. It's not. Oh, no. no. Oh, okay. <laughs> so it's tied to the word hort is Horticulture. That's where I was hoping. Really? Oh, yes, cool. I'm so yeah. excited. <laughs> so a cohort is you're growing together. Isn't, yeah, that, isn't yeah. that great? So we you know we've heard that word before. I love words. Mm. That's just good stuff mm. right there. So cultivating each other. Cultivating word of the week. one another. <laughs> yeah, getting the weeds out, fertilizing, yeah, growing, yeah. all that good stuff. All right, so that's Romans 8. Uh, teachers, teach it well. Mm-hmm. And uh, may the Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face to shine upon you and grant you peace now and forever. Amen. 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 Amen.